do. I do. You like the yum yum sauce? Yeah. I do the yum yum. I, I actually <coughs> get double yum yum and a little, and I still do a little of the ginger sauce. And so you go back and forth, and oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I'm not the biggest fan, but it's okay. You like it, Nathan? Yum yum sauce? A little too much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very I'm yum with yum. You. I mean, what's funny is I didn't used to like that stuff. I didn't used to like that kind of stuff, and I, I've gotten kind of addicted now. In fact, it's making my mouth water. You're already water. salivating. It's ridiculous. Well, we should probably push through this one pretty quickly then <laughs> so you can get the, get your yum-yum on. Well, I can't get it till about 825, oh, okay. so no reason to be too crazy. <laughs> All right, let's roll. You are listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! All right, so we're back. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Jason uh, for the Love of God podcast, and I'm here, of course, with Pastor Rick and Nathan. Fellas, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Wunderbar. So you went and saw 21 Pilots. How was that show? You know, I, I'm i a little spoiled because I've, I've been to some really great concerts. I went to a concert for uh, Garth Brooks, and he understands that when people go to concerts, they want to hear all the old things that made him so popular. Yeah. Okay. 21 Pilots did not do anywhere near enough justice to the old stuff that made them popular. And so to me, it was like a seven out of 10 concert. I mean, it was a good time. I still enjoyed it. Glad I went. But people want to see, hear their favorite songs. That's right. It's it's like the way it is. It's the way it always has (laughs) been. Every band you see, they play every song that people love, a few old ones that... I don't know, man. I, See, just, I just think I think they it's a I think I think they let people down when they don't. I'm a little irritated that 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 he would give negative because see, I I felt a little ripped off because I've seen him twice and it's been just those two. And I heard my wife finally goes with him, right? Mm-hmm. She's never seen him. I've been uh, Brendan and I've gone. My son and I with my daughter, we've gone like twice and seen him. And this time I said, okay, you know, she was trying to take her mother and her mother didn't want to go because the whole COVID test and. She didn't think she could have time to go get it. And so she tried to get somebody else to go. And it finally went back to her. And I said, I think you're going to be happy, right? She comes back and tells me they had a band there. It was always the two of them. And that's the only weird thing I've, you know, being a musician. Well, a wannabe musician. What do you mean two of them? There's only two guys and they perform. With the whole band the two. is two people. It's usually. two guys. You seriously? Seriously. So there was a- 21 of them. No. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 21 pilots or pirates or whatever two they are. Two people. But yeah, there's just two guys. And so this time she said there was a whole, they had a whole band there that played. Well, if you listen to their albums, they, they and have I felt a little ripped off. band people play on their albums and stuff. Well, yeah, too, but just not but, live. So what do they do? Live. Play recordings and then I, play a couple instruments? Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, they play different instruments. I have no idea. Play. Nothing. I don't know anything about Yeah, he plays. Very musically talented. Oh, yeah. The drummer's, really, be. really, the drummer's really, really, drummer's really, really good. And then the, 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 the lead singer who plays, he plays bass guitar ukulele ukulele piano i mean he's like he plays in fact i think on their albums he plays a lot of the stuff he even did like some dubstep 
Really? <laughs> in the middle of the concert. Oh, my I mean, the goodness. Guy is interesting. That's weird. Yeah, they, they were very entertaining, but I always felt weird about watching two guys because I've always been about reproduction. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, like, I'm always thinking when I watch a band, can they reproduce? Are they the same ones that recorded? I, that's why I've always been drawn to bands versus, like, individual artists. I took that in a completely right. different way. I'm interested in reproduction, and there's two guys. <laughs> oh, my God. How are you going to spin this, Pastor Rick? Ooh. <laughs> Reproducing um. the music just to clarify. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> like I remember uh, last week, uh, when it was two weeks, I don't even remember, a couple of podcasts ago, I, one of the songs of the week was a, uh, by a group called uh, Out of the Gray, and it was a song called Wishes. And I remember when that came out, I'm like, man, that's got some really good guitar in it, guitar work. I thought it was kind of cool. And they were going to be opening for, I think it was Stephen Curtis Chapman or somebody. And so I went and my whole reason for going, uh, I was, I like Stephen Curtis Chapman, but not enough to go see him, but I wanted to go hear them out of the gray. Well, they show up and it was just the two of them and it was playing. He did all acoustic versions. He just had an acoustic guitar and she sang. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is not what I came to see. I paid money so that I could see how you guys do this. Because as a musician, it's not just about the entertainment. I want to see y'all play it, right? I want to sit and study your techniques and all that. So I've, I've always been, felt a little ripped off with 21 Pilots. And I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bummed that Nate wasn't happier. Because I feel like he got the good deal. I mean, he got to see a band. So. Well, I, again, I didn't <laughs> say that it was a bad concert. You, I just, know, just, you just didn't get. I just didn't get what I wanted out right. of it. Right. I, I Now I understand like these old bands that have been around for a while, like, you know, they're doing their 40 year, you know, tour and they're, they say they go back and they're thinking, what songs can we play? And what they're actually asking, and I've actually heard them say this, what songs that if we don't do them, people are going to kill us <laughs> and are going to rebel. <laughs> They only been around since 2009. Yeah, they're uh, relatively new. And there's a like a four year span between their first album and their second album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're kind of a region a regional local local band that's kind of started to make it big. They they've never really had any major hits as far as I'm aware. But they've had know. some. I don't know. Like I think their biggest one. They was got five it. albums. They should have played every song they've written. <laughs> <laughs> now, now hearing it from Hannah, she uh, she said, "Well, they did some from like every album." Yeah, but it was like a medley. Uh, They'd sing like two or three cheap. verses. That's cheap. That that was how I felt. I felt like that's uh, felt cheap coming out of it. Like, right? I've gotten medleys you, before, yeah, and it's I'm like, come on, guys, pick a few of the. I don't know. Uh, you know. So I'll throw this out there. If you're gonna do a medley for me, it better be awesome. <laughs> All right, I mean, absolutely right. awesome. Like, there's one medley that I will listen to over and over again. And it's by a band called Axis of Awesome, and it's called Four Chords. Uh, and it's a comedy song about how I every see. major song of the last like 40 years is made up of the same four chords. Yeah. And they, they play all these songs in a medley form, and it works perfectly. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I actually have heard that or, or a variation of they all sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I want to tell you this, but um, this is completely not the norm. But uh, one of my favorite 
bands growing up was Rush, you know, and they're not a Christian group, obviously. Uh, but they did an the R40 tour, and I wasn't going to go to it, but at the last second, I looked and found tickets on eBay and didn't even think they were going to be any good, <laughs> but they were. And we saw, like, literally the last concert, of it, and it... 40 years of music, right? So they have done a lot of albums. Yeah. They went through, this was the coolest thing I've ever seen. They started with their newest album and did a couple of songs off of it. And they had their stage every year. They had always, they would always have like a a different stage set up for their different concerts. They, while they were playing this, the current song off the new album, they had guys coming out on the stage, tearing things down and changing it. And as they went through songs, their stage changed with them. Oh, wow. And they went back all through time. They started changing the guitars they use. Like Getty always used to play like a Rickenbacker. Well, he started playing like the new one he plays now, which is a Fender. And then when they got back far enough, he was now playing a Rickenbacker. They went through their different guitars. And when they ended the concert, Concert, they ended with the stage looking like a high school where they first started playing. Sweet, with a with a disco ball in the center of it. The coolest thing I have ever seen. I mean, literally, they spared no expense. It was tremendous. So yeah, I you know that now that you got your money's worth. Yeah, I went to a Metallica concert and uh, it was not not the same, but they did somewhat of a similar kind of thing mm-hmm. where they had they had this huge stage set up set up and they had the uh, one of their album covers has like the statue of liberty blindfolded and um they had that up and well during the song things started falling apart and the statue broke into the pieces and it was crumbling all over stage and this guy was going up the ladder to fix things and he caught on fire and it was just all these <laughs> everything is <laughs> falling apart right <laughs> And all of a sudden, the lights started going out, and the stage is crashing, and and then everything went black. And then all of a sudden, they turned on a light bulb, and um, they just had these little amps out, and they played songs from an album they put out. It's called Garage Days, and I see. and everything was so like they were doing a very yeah, similar kind yeah, of thing. Really, really, really cool, really entertaining. But I digress. Well, that was a fun little side yeah, trip from reality. Another so, side trip. So, where are we heading? Well, today's episode is about making good decisions. Mm-hmm. And it kind of stems from last week where we talked about distractions and 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 and, and just kind of the decisions you make in life that, that pull you well away from God and pull you away from uh, being fruitful. And and decisions you make are are they aligned with your Christian walk um, or do they go against it? So mm-hmm. we're going to kind of cover that. Um, but first, we're going to have the news. Are you ready for the news? That's a good question. <laughs> I was just thinking. I thought I had a second article. Oh, I, I kind of do have something that kind of dovetails nicely with what we were talking about. Okay, perfect. So well, last week we were talking about Facebook and the changes that are going on there with their transformation into meta, or as we basically called it, the Oasis. <laughs> That's essentially what they're aiming for. <laughs> right. um, I recently saw an article where there was a pretty big change coming to Facebook. And it made me think, well, what would what would drive this type of a change? And so I'm going to try to pull this up here. Give me just a moment. 
essentially Facebook is getting rid of their facial um, recognition software. So you know how on the photos, it'll say, this person is tagged and, and yeah. do you want, or it'll even ask you like, hey, I see you're, you're in this photo. Do you want to be tagged in this photo, right? That's going away. And part of it is there, it's just because of the way that they're transitioning into this new virtual world instead of focusing on the world here that everybody's trying to get away from. <laughs> and I had this thought where, I wonder who was tagged in the wrong photo who had who had attention that they didn't want because of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. More than likely, that's the kind of stuff that actually leads to these types of changes, right? Yeah. And I, I kinda enjoyed the I kinda chuckled to myself in the car ride over here. I was thinking, you can just imagine how many times somebody got tagged in a photo accidentally, right? Because yeah. of somebody in the background taking a photo and they just happened to be caught doing something they shouldn't have been doing. And, right. Oh my. And I, I just wonder how many times that has come back to bite people in the arse. I can imagine quite a bit. But it says here that after Facebook removes the data, the app will no longer recognize faces in a photo or offer recommendations for whom to tag or identify a picture in a user posts. And alternative technology uh, about text descriptions for an image will not give you the name of the person in the photo anymore. So it's a, it, it's it's interesting to me because that was such a big deal when it first came came around, right? Mm-hmm. But they're just junking it. They're just let it, walking it, away from it. I wonder if it has anything to do with their pri- privacy debate or dispute they had privacy issues they were having. It could have something to do with that. I, I don't have the, the full details or, or inside recognition of why they decided to make this change. It just seemed pretty interesting that they would. Yeah. So because, for you today. well, I mean, maybe <laughs> we're not in their virtual world that they're creating. It's not going to be the people anymore. Anyway, it's going to be their avatars and whoever they create themselves to be. So mm-hmm. who knows? Interesting. Yeah. So you know, I guess that was more of a comment for the last show. I'll hold on to that one. I just see we talked a little bit about last show where avatars and what it can do, and it's not really the real world. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful with that because there are a lot of real relationships that started in virtual worlds that became significant outside of those virtual worlds. Lots of marriages, even. Yeah. So just be careful. Very careful. It can be a very dangerous road. Um. Okay. So uh, I guess it's game time. Not the Wheel of Games. Yes. Yes. I seriously thought that was our new recording. Uh, For just a second, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. You know, I think I figured out what the whole problem was Mm -hmm. um, with your. Yeah, with that feedback? Yeah. I think it's on the end of that recording. That makes sense. That's and the only thing that makes cause sense. Because I looked down, that light was still on. Ah, so you think it's coming in after a period yeah. of time. Yeah, if I kept that running. It's, it's kind of like a bonus really track. <laughs> yeah, it's like the number <laughs> the 69 track. bonus track. <laughs> track 69. Now, for those of you who are listening and, and you don't really understand what we're talking about, there's been this weird thing where in the middle of a conversation, a, a previous recording would just start playing, and we couldn't figure out why. And uh, Jason over there, Mr. Button Man, finally figured it out. Yeah, it was a button. See, we gave him too many buttons, and it, it got him in trouble. <laughs> My buttons out of control. That's right. So, That's, oh, I better have discipline. I better bring buttons. up the wheel. Click, 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 click. All right, let's see what game we're gonna play. <laughs> click, the click. The wheel goes that around. That's the dumbest around. sounding wheel I've ever um, heard. <laughs> terrible. Vanna would not be happy. <laughs> Who was the guy? Was that Pat Sajak? Was that him? Is that right? Still is, isn't it? Oh, I I just couldn't remember his name. Is that the guy? Yeah, Pat Sajak. Yeah. True or false? 
False. Okay, so uh, you guys played last week. Who played the week before? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Why don't you two play today? All I'll right. Do it. All right. Let me pull it up for you. Oh, wrong button. Okay. Let's start there. All right, we'll start with Jason. So the word Trinity is used in the Bible to, disca- to describe God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. True. Okay, that was hard. Wait a second. It gave you a false on that one. It says, even though God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are indeed the Trinity, the word itself does not. Ah, that's Bible. right. The word does not say that. That's Of course it doesn't say it that. It doesn't have the word it Trinity. It doesn't say Trinity in the Bible. I know oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, isn't that rude? That's wow. rude. That is rude. That's well, that's his program, so I'm not. <laughs> it's done it to me a few times like that. I know. It's, I know. Like, it's tricky. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Next one. All right, Rick. The purpose of the armor of God is so that we, we may grow in our walk with Christ. That's kind of silly because it's really for protection, but obviously you're not going to, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know what they're asking. I'm going to go with false, although I'm thinking it's true. False is correct. The right. armor of God is to protect us. Right. From yeah. The okay. But I schemes. thought, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. All you're, right. You're right. I have, I overthink all these now. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jason. Gehazi. They're missing with I should have overthought the last one. They're missing with us. I tell you. I know. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, was greedy for personal gain. True or false? That's true. That is correct. He receives he received gifts from Naaman, which his master Elisha had refused. Elisha knew, however, and Naaman's leprosy clung upon Gehazi instead. Indeed. Clung. Well done. Okay, right. Before Jesus appointed the twelve, he made a short prayer. True or false? Appointed the twelve. I don't remember a prayer. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say true. He continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples. And from them, he chose 12. And that's so not the a short answer prayer. is false. Yeah, so, I was going to say, that's not a short yeah, prayer. Yeah, it's a that's long a, prayer. Yeah. Rude. Rude question. There. I know, right? These are Because I was thinking, of course he prayed. Yeah, yeah. of course he did. But, but I not was like, short. a short prayer. I'm like, I don't remember Jesus ever praying like a short prayer before <laughs> something. So I'm like, I'm going to go with false. <laughs> all right, Jason. Yeah. Purim is an exotic Jewish fruit. False. Do you know the answer, Rick? I don't. Purim, P-U-R-I-M. I truly don't. I'll be honest with you. You are correct. False. Purim is a Jewish festival in which they commemorate <laughs> the deliverance from Haman's <laughs> wicked plot of mass destruction. I see. Yeah, I, I would have guessed on that myself, but I would have said false. So, yeah, All right. I so I think you're up next, Rick. Uh, the Bible was the first book ever printed. True or false? Uh, Gutenberg. I think that is true, actually. That's correct. The Bible was printed in 1454 by Johannes Gutenberg, who yeah. happened to who invented the type mold just to make it happen. Wow, pretty awesome stuff. That's it's not the first stuff. book written, but it's no. the first book first printed. printed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Cornelius, a centurion of Caesarea, was se- serving in the Greek army. True or false? Please repeat the question. Cornelius, a centurion in Caesarea, was serving in the Greek army. You still have one phone, a friend. <laughs> I'm going to go false with that. Good call. Now, there was a certain man, uh, a certain man in Caesarea, Cornelius by name, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Yes. Not All right. Greek. This would be the it's last not a Greek one. name. So this All is right. it. <laughs> Uriah the Hittite was one of David's 30 mighty men. False. True. <gasps> Ooh. Uriah the Hittite was one of David's 30 mighty men. I, I highly recommend, if you're not familiar with the mighty men of, of David, you you do some studying on them. There's some really cool personalities in yeah. there. Yeah, I totally just uh, wigged on that one. Oh, uh, well. So that's Second Samuel 23, 39, and First Chronicles 11, 41 yeah. for Uriah. I, I should have went with my gut. Every time I go against my gut, I'm like, well, I want to say true, but I'm going to say false. All right, so we are each have three. Tiebreaker. 
we can be saved by grace and good works. False. That is correct. It is only the grace through faith that we can be saved, never by works. This is God's gift, so no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Amen. Okay. Good job, sir. That was quick. I'm going to give you a comeback right here. Uh, so Proverbs is entirely written by the son of David, King Solomon. True or false? I know he wrote the majority of it. I don't know if he wrote it all, though, to be honest with you. I'm good. I would say true, but probably wrong. You're wrong. It's false. Yeah. Most are written by King Solomon, but not all. Cool. That was fun. Right. It's kind of like uh, Psalm. Uh, Psalms is a lot of it's King David, but mm-hmm. not all. <laughs> okay. So uh, our topic, making good decisions. Rick, he said, uh, <laughs> I said, I'd be on board with you. You'd be on board with this. So I want to let you kind of jump in. Well, you know, uh, as, as, uh, as Christians, it, it, obviously we want to, we want to be in God's will. Um, but we don't want to be in God's will, right? I mean, our flesh wants to do what our flesh wants to do. And the, the part of us that is, you know, we love God. We know in our hearts that his way is best. We know that the Bible tells us and God says, I will, I will lead you, I will guide you on the best path for your life. I mean, think about how awesome that is right there. How many people today spend thousands of dollars to get counseling advice, to get financial, you know, wisdom, to get an education, to figure out, you know, what the best path is. They pay, um, what's the word? I can't remember. Um, not counselors. Um, Oh goodness, advisors basically to, you know, business advisors to, to give them the best path and God will do it for free. First and foremost, number two, he is always going to have the right answer. They're not right. He can see around the corners of life that they can't. He loves you perfectly and wants the best for you. These other people that you're paying for, they don't really care. They're just trying to make a buck Mm -hmm. yet we still struggle because we still have that, you know, I want to do my own thing. And uh, that's a struggle that's been around, well, since the beginning. In fact, Paul talks about that struggle. He says, you know, the very things that I want to do, I find that I seem to not be able to do very often. And then the the very things I don't want to do, I end up falling into. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's always a struggle just with our you know, with our wills and just surrendering that will. So that's a big part of it. But then not only do you have that issue with our will, but even when you do get to the bottom of, you know, get to the kind of come to the end of yourself and say, okay, God, I'm really willing to do whatever you want me to do. Then there's, you know, how do you figure that out? So, you know, it's a kind of a complex issue for a lot of Christians and some never really get past that issue of the will. And then those who do sometimes are not really sure how do you go about, you know, how do you go about figuring out what God wants us to do? So, I mean, I could sit here and preach, but I was kind of like with those two questions in mind, I want to throw it back to you guys. Yeah, You're not yet. I I got nothing. You got nothing. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know. We're faced every single day with multiple decisions. Could be any minute number of things. That's correct. That is a word. Thank you. Minute. <laughs> he looked over at me like, um, my walking dictionary over there, is that a word? <laughs> I knew it was a word. I was wondering if I used it correctly. You did use it correctly. I'll even give you that. Well, there's cornflakes versus corn pops. Right. There's uh, that, these small decisions. And then, uh, but, you know, am I going to watch a movie tonight or am I going to go do ministry? You know, yeah, a big thing. Or it could be something along. Uh, 
There's bigger ones. There is. And there's... Am I ready to marry that girl? Yeah. Well, those are life. Those aren't... Da- you know, those are life decisions, right? But here's here's something that came into my life very recently that I actually had to repent for. Um, before I came to Christ, I was quite the... Uh, I was always looking to get a laugh and I would make jokes and... Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of asked, I found an opportunity for, uh, to make funny mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took it and regretted it afterwards. Mm. Um, I won't say w- what it was about. Was somebody hurt in the process? Nobody was hurt in the process. Okay. Um, but that's a mistake I've made. Well, but you repented for a reason. So I repented because I was making f- jokes about s- somebody's situation. And so you weren't being encouraging. I wasn't being encouraging. Okay. I, I wasn't showing fruit. Um, I got you. It wasn't very Christian of me. And it was in front of people that I have ministered to, mm. witnessed to, encouraged to come to Christ for all the right reasons. And, and then I took a giant left turn for the sake of entertainment. Mm. And Understood. I immediately, my Holy Spirit spoke to me saying, what was that, dude? <laughs> We've worked so hard. We've came so far. And it just goes to show you, you can walk the straightest path you can try. And sometimes you'll hit a mud spot and, and your foot will slip. Right? Oops. And, <laughs> but, sure you fall hard. but thank the Lord and thank the Holy spirit for talking to me and bringing that to light in front of me immediately and saying, is this what we do? You know, I've, I've heard recently, I can't remember the exact source, but there's a lot of people that walk with Christ and we, we beat ourselves to death because we make these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, why did I do this? Why right. do I still wrestle with this this particular area of sin in my life? And one thing that I can I want to be encouraging about here is if you're wrestling with something where where you know it's wrong and you've done it anyway and you, you repent and then somehow you fall back into it, there's encouragement in that because the fact that you still recognize that it's wrong shows that the Holy Spirit is working with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if you don't if you don't have that that impetus to do better or that, that, that push that, you know, you're, you're better than this. Right. If you don't have that, you're on the outside looking in. Right. Cause that's how the rest of the world operates. Right. There's, exactly. There's no limit to how far they'll go. It, it's all about me, 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 me right now, 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 now. Right. But for Christians, it's different. And the world loves to point us out and laugh at us when we flaw. I mean, look at how many times you've seen uh, big pastors collapse and like the vultures just, mm-hmm. they just swing in like like a, a massive flock just waiting to pick at the carcass. Yeah. See, that's the difference between a guy like me who isn't being watched as much uh, by by as many um, and a pastor that's on a huge stage mm-hmm. being watched by thousands and thousands and their mistakes are multiplied right. and just attacked where me I fly under the radar I get right I can ride it out with God and, and get back on track and no one's the wiser right well the beauty of all this is that that you know God expects obedience not perfection right and he offers grace um, you know when we mess up and and 
in fact, really, when we, you know, your response was to repent. Right. And that uh, repenting and seeking forgiveness immediately, the blood of Christ is already paid for that mistake. And so you have nothing to, you, you don't have to have anxiety about it. You don't have to worry about it. There's no condemnation right. for right. those who are in Christ. And so really, if you, if, uh, you know, and, and I say this for listeners out there, if you ever feel, you know, condemned by, you know, by anyone, it's really, that's, uh, that's of the devil. If you're a Christian and you repent and you, you know, turn and do an about face, even if you, you know, even if you fall back and do, you know, make the same mistake again, as, as Nate pointed out, the fact is, is that the enemy, Satan is the accuser. Uh, in fact, Revelation call, you know, at the end, it says, you know, he, they, the Bible calls Satan the accuser, the one who's been accusing the mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, he wants to make us feel bad about ourselves. Oh, see, you're worthless. See, you can never serve God. See, you can never be a good example. And so if you feel that kind of condemnation is coming from the enemy, not from God, because God says, look, oops, let me just dust you off right there. <laughs> you just continue on your way. That's why Jesus died. So you don't have to worry about it. Yep. That's just a little encouragement anyway, but yeah, well, that was the whole thing with Job, for instance, is the devil wanted him to, he, all he wanted to do is to say to God, see, you know, he, you, you keep doing uh, all these bad things keep happening and he just turns his back on you. But Job never did. He, no matter what happened, he praised the God, he praised God. Well, he, Job did fall in one area. Yeah, he asked questions. Right, and like and like he thought he deserved an answer. Yeah, that's really his biggest that was, mistake. That was his biggest mistake. Yeah, right. right. But but he didn't do as the enemy thought, and that was correct. you know just uh, you know. God, I, you're just, the, the, you know, I just don't want a part of you anymore because, you know, obviously you can't take care of me. Yeah. So my, my wife, I'm just going to try to do this justice, but uh, her mom used to tell her that decision, you have to make good decisions because there are small decisions that will have no impact. They're really just preferences, right? Then there are some decisions where the consequences of which will last a day or a week or a month or a year, or maybe even your whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about the need to make good decisions. And quite frankly, if you look at what we've been talking about recently between like uh, the the fake world of meta and Mm -hmm. making good decisions and what are the right good decisions, our our world, our country, our our nation is experiencing a a drought of good decision making. Yeah. (laughs) Is really the best way that I can put it. Right. I mean, we see that there are are men who are failing to launch from home, right? There are, there are men who are failing to, to take a bride, right? There are, and, and notice my focus is all on men because that's the perspective that I'm aware of and I can see, right? If we look at, look at the, the, the leaders we have, the leaders that we have are a product of who we are. Mm-hmm. If our leaders are terrible, it's not because we picked a bad leader. It's because we allowed ourselves to become bad people and the kind of bad people that elect bad leaders, <laughs> you know, that's essentially what it is. And if you look at how often we just turn our head and like, all right, fine, we'll let you have that one. We'll let you have that one. And at no point in time do you see people typically put a, draw a line in the sand and go no further. It's time to push back. It's like we've been neutered as men. And if you if you don't believe it, take a look at the people who do make a stand. They're all left out by themselves with very little support. There's a lot of people who take anti-mask stands, right? And they're treated as social pariahs. I know uh, Pastor Rick mentioned earlier that his wife wanted to take a stand where I, d- I don't want to do anything to support this, like all this testing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That was my stand as well. And I gave up on it. I, but my reason for giving up on it was to benefit my wife. Yeah, you got to choose your battles. You got to choose your battles very carefully. 
but there should be men particularly drawing a line in the sand and saying, no, this is wrong. We go no further than here. In fact, the line really should have been drawn way back here 30 years ago, and we're going to defend that line now. Mm-hmm. But because of all the dumbed down education and the lack of understanding of who men really are, we're not doing that. And we've become a lazy church. Yep. Yeah, it, it kind of starts, you know, in our own life. Um, and so I, you know, I kind of want to focus back a little bit just on our own personal choices. You know, those are really big choices. And those, you know, those times to take a stand, that's when it's even more difficult. But just in our own life, I think, you know, you pointed out, Jason, without even knowing it, you know, one of the biggest things that I think when it comes to making decisions, we have to learn to be patient uh, and pause before we make choices. You know, you, you said uh, you immediately 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 after making this comment or going for the funny, you know, you immediately regretted it, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you know, what if you could have just stopped, paused and thought it through? Before I Is this something, yeah, yeah, is this something really that would, that God would want me to do right now? Right. I I think that learning to do that more often is, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, we've all done it. I'm not trying to adopt you or anything. I'm just saying that um, that, that shows us all there's something we can do is pause. Anytime we feel rushed on a decision, first and foremost, is probably not a decision of God. God never rushes us into anything or pressures us. You know, when you have to, when you're thinking, man, if I don't, you know, should I buy this car or not? It's going to be, you know, the sale's over tomorrow. I got to decide now. You know what? There's always going to be another car. Don't rush into choices or, you know, well, this person, you know, they want me to marry them. And if I don't marry them, they're going to move to, you know, Timbuktu. Okay, fine. Let them move to Timbuktu. There are plenty of people out there, right? I mean, we should never feel pressured into a decision, nor should we rush it because of our emotions. That, that gets us into more trouble than anything. And of course, in your situation with your example, it's more not just feeling pressure, but just making quick decisions, doing something without making the choice, doing it just without thinking about it. Um, so I, I think just all of us need to learn to pause before we make any choices. Um and, and stop and think, you know, what, what should I do in this case? You know, not necessarily, you know, I mean, what would Jesus do? Okay. Yeah, we can, we can say that, but you know, just specifically, what would God have me do in this situation? What does, what is going to be the best choice? So really learning to stop number two, learning to surrender to him. Um, and I found that the best way for me is to get to that point where I have no will of my own. And I know that's easier said than done, but literally are, we have a way, I think in the church and and I've done this myself. I have, I have ways of convincing myself that it's God's will, whether it is or not, you know, well, God would want me to be happy. I actually had a couple, I had a woman once that told me she felt God wanted her to be happy and wouldn't want her to be miserable, miserable. So she said, I really believe God wants me to divorce my husband and run off with this guy who's actually already married to another woman. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's amazing how much, how we can go to great lengths to convince ourselves that something is God's will. And that's pretty obviously not. But um, I think we, number one, have to learn to slow down, stop and be patient, which we are not. Hey, Amazon can get us, you know, something in a day or two. So by gosh, I shouldn't have to wait longer than that on a decision, right? Right. 
But remember, Christianity is about a, a relationship. And sometimes God just pauses so that he can spend time with us mm-hmm. in prayer. Because sometimes we don't go to him unless we have an issue, a problem, a decision to make, right? And so sometimes I think he purposely just chills out a little bit so that we can press into him. So number one, when it comes to decisions, learn to be patient. Don't rush into anything and never feel pressured. Number two, come to a place where you have no will of your own. And that means you've got to let, you've really just got to let go of your emotions. Because, you know, when you want that car and you've smelt the new car smell and you've been imagining yourself drive around in it for the last little bit and then you went and test drove it, man, you want that car and you know that you'll do anything to get that car. You got to let it go. Mm-hmm. You got to come to the point where it's like, okay, God, if you don't mean to have it, I truly won't have it. Only then can we really listen to him because otherwise we're just going to put words in his mouth, right? That's right. So you have to, I mean, I think we all have to get to that point where we're willing to give it up. And and Jesus said, unless you're willing to give up everything, unless you give up everything you own for me, you can't be my, my follower. I, I really just think what he's saying is that we need to just be able to give over everything to him and let him make the choices because that's what it truly means to have Jesus as our Lord. And then finally, when it comes to actually making the decision, you know, making sure that when we do feel that God is impressed upon us, that it is the right answer uh, to check it biblically. You know, like my friend that I mentioned here earlier, you know, if, if she goes to the word, she's going to realize that God doesn't want us to divorce. He doesn't want us to break up other marriages, <laughs> you know, and it's forever. It's, uh, you know, divorce is not even in, you know, in the game unless there's been marital unfaithfulness, according to Christ. So, so, you know, check biblically and say, you know, biblically, is there really a good basis for me to make this choice? And I think finally, you know, and I feel like I'm teaching a message here now. Uh, finally, I think what we have to ask ourselves is, does this decision support my mission? Because if it doesn't, then we probably shouldn't make it. You know, as Christ followers, we are not doctors and lawyers and moms and dads and friends, you know, above all else. First and foremost, we are ministers of Jesus Christ. We are to build the kingdom in strength and numbers. And he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all this other stuff I'm going to help you with. If we're truly mission-minded, what we need to ask ourselves as we make these decisions is, hey, like, for example, if I go for this joke, will it promote my kingdom building? Will it promote my witness or will it defer? Uh, This thing that I'm going to buy, will it enhance my ministry or will it potentially degrade my ministry? For example, maybe I spend so much money on it that now I have to work extra hours and now take away from the time that I could do ministry paying for this automobile or house or whatever. This person that I'm thinking about marrying do they have the same focus as me? You know, is this truly going to make my ministry and my uh, disciple making stronger or lesser? This movie that I'm about to watch, is this the way God would have me spend my time right now? So I I think, you know, and that doesn't mean we're always doing ministry because sometimes the answer is, yeah, if I don't chill out and do something fun, I'm going to burn out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, we got to unwind once in a while. So I think we can ask that question. Yeah. and, and ultimately, it's really, it's really about putting God in the center of our life and letting him be Lord because he wants us to live a balanced life. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to have pleasure. If he didn't want us to have pleasure, why, does things, why do things taste so good? Why is nature so beautiful? Why is it so wonderful to come together with your wife? He gave us pleasure for a reason, but he doesn't want us to overdo it. Right.
So, you know, just putting him first, he's going to help us to put everything in perspective and make choices and just realizing that he absolutely wants us to have the best life. He says, I will guide you on the best pathway for your life, not a good pathway, not an okay pathway, not an okay, a, a pathway that's better than what your neighbors is on, but he says the best pathway for you. And we just have to trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sorry, I went off there a little well, bit. That's okay. I mean, sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm passionate about that one. <laughs> I, I would add that we also have to be aware of our sense of responsibility. Like there are certain things that we are called to do, whether it be as men or women that of Christ that we're supposed to be doing. It could be our ministry is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also like be fruitful, multiply, right? So the Bible does want us to be married and does want us to move forward. And when you look at the world today, particularly as it relates to marriage and just how, how few marriages are actually made and how many actually survive, yeah. right? It should be Christian men that lead this charge. And uh, I, I see those things where, where, where we're, we're supposed to be that salt and light. And a lot of times we're choosing not to be. Certainly. And that's, that's a danger. Something I, I, it's something to mourn over a little bit. Right. I think a lot of that has to do with the way the world has been kind of built up with masculinity at the forefront and how men think that faith and worship of God is demasculating, which doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It's actually a very masculine thing. It's very masculine thing to do. I mean, how, how manly. Look at David. Right. (laughs) Right. It's a man. Look at, exactly. I mean, what man wouldn't want to be like David? And he worshiped God with every fiber of his being. And he was brazen about it too. Yeah. He would dance. Like, right, right. You know, and it's, well, I mean, I think men nowadays and women, I guess, to some degree, we, 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 we don't equate humility with manliness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm going to be a man, nobody tells me what to do. Right. And so I think that's one of the biggest breakdowns there, but to be humble before God, it it takes, it takes manliness. I think Uh, to be honest with you, being with Lord and humbling myself has made me feel more manly than I've ever felt in my life. And I think it should. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should, but just not the way the world thinks. Right. And I don't care what the world thinks. I care what God thinks. Right. Well, you know, the Bible says we shouldn't carry on, you know, we shouldn't live according to the traditions and customs of the world, but try to, you know, but live to serve God. And in fact, it's funny in Romans 12, one and two, there's like a progression there. First, we offer ourselves as sacrifices. We refuse to be transformed by the customs of the world. We get changed by him changing the way we think. And then it's not until all that stuff happens, then we learn how good and perfect his will really is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like you've got to go through those other steps. But when you do, you realize, wow. Now, here's where true manliness is. This is where true happiness is. This is where true fulfillment is. But I didn't know that because I was living by the world standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that you don't care is what led you there. <laughs> right? Right. I don't care what people think. I care about what God thinks. And you end up, wow, this is good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Okay. Anything to add? No. I, I think we kind of covered our, our topic there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's move on. It's time. No way. It's not. Could it's, be. It is time for songs. Here goes the toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've just got this visual. Have you ever seen Night at the Rocks? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> See, now, I was thinking more of... It's the third car window I broke this week. 
See, I was thinking more of Evan Almighty, thou shalt do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see, that. well, no, I was thinking of Bruce Almighty. I like to see that again. I've never seen Evan Almighty. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like them both. I see that one with um, Morgan Freeman, about him being God. That That is Bruce Almighty. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. And, and he's also got in um, Evan Almighty as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of related. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. They took a little, yeah. You ever seen that show, the sitcom with Ted and Danson? Um, There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> about where he was the heaven. doctor? No, oh, you're, you're the good oh, place. No. The heaven place. You're thinking of, I think it's called the good place, right? Yeah, the good place. You ever seen that? No. Wow, I've never I, even heard of that. I watched the first maybe four episodes and then kind of turned away from it. I wasn't a Christian when I watched it though. Okay. Um, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. Um, I don't know what I think about it today in this life, in my new life. Right. But um, back then, it was. It's so hard. Pretty to funny. Find good entertainment today. This is true. <laughs> so you brought so that up for a reason. I know no reason whatsoever. <laughs> you just thought of it randomly. Random. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Music. with that in mind, the song of the week, I went with. Uh, I, I pulled a Jason this week. I went with a worship song, uh, kind of. Hmm. Um, it's from a worship artist, uh, Stephanie Gretzinger. And uh, this song is just, oh man, it, it's so, it's, it's like jazzy. It's peaceful. It really, every time I listen to it, it makes me tear up. And the song is called No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. I don't know if you've all heard this or not, but um, if you're just in the house one day and it's chilly outside and an autumn day and you get the fireplace gone and you fire this song up, if you don't tear up, I will be amazed. And she says this, she says, if my heart could tell a story, if my life would sing a song, If I have a testimony, if I have anything at all, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on earth, let it be known in you alone my joy was found. Oh, my joy, my joy. And that was the chorus there. But the next verse she starts out says, let my children tell their, their children, let this be their memory that all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me it's just i mean it is seriously a love song to jesus uh and wow so if you get a chance take a listen stephanie gretzinger no one ever cared for me like jesus all right nate you ready i actually got two this week okay so um pastor rick mentioned in the the last show uh plum and that made me think of a song that i probably should have shared a while ago quite frankly because there, there are times in your walk where things are not going your way. Okay? When things are just, you're going through hell. I just, let's just say that it, it, every day feels like a battle. And when you're in those really, really rough times, there was a song by Plum that really helped me get by. Um, it was God, I need you now. And if you are in one of those tough times, I just encourage you to turn that song on, turn the radio up and sing at the top of your lungs as it, and let it be let it be sung as a plea to God himself just to manifest in your life and that's something where that song has helped me get through um, some real difficult trials and tribulations particularly my divorce a few years ago that one really helped me get through so um, if you if you're in one of those places right now turn it on and and it's gonna help you it, it's it's a little bit cathartic because it will help you get the emotions out and get you to a place where maybe you can think through something a little bit cleaner because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in the thick of it it's really hard to think clearly but yeah it's it's definitely something that that I encourage lean into it it's a great 
It's a great song. So before you do your second one, I got to throw in a second one also because we were doing the Bruce Almighty and we're talking about Plum. While you're checking out Plum, check out off the first album, God Shaped Hole. Number one, it's a cool little tune. Number two, it reminds us that, you know what, inside of us, we're, we're all looking for something. And you know what? The only thing ever going to fill it is God. Pretty cool tune. Check it out. Okay. Back to you, sir. So my second one for this week is a song that I haven't heard in quite a while. It's by uh, The Afters called Broken Hallelujah. And it is a song that is, it's it's very much in the same vein as the song from Plum with I Need You Now, where he's just crying out to God, like, I've got nothing to give you, but I will give you my broken hallelujah. Like, I, I've got nothing. I'm nobody. I'm, I've. I'm at the lowest point, but I'll give you my broken hallelujah. Right? <laughs> and it's just a, such a powerful song. I'm going to have to check that out. I don't think I, I don't, not sure I know that. So. You said the afters, right? Yeah. The afters. Okay. Well, I was trying to stay away from songs that are on our list. <laughs> I've been doing pretty good the last couple of and weeks. And now you have failed. <laughs> but I have failed. But it's for all good reason. Because this song that we're doing, um, the story you told behind it kind of spoke to me. It kind of, uh, uh, Matt Redman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he okay. so he was doing worship songs, and they were all about the music and less about the message. Mm. And I think it's important that we remember why we are listening to worship, and it's to worship. And it's 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 not always about the beat and the in the song and the rhythm and and feeling good about what you're hearing as a whole but more diving into the lyric and the praise mm. and the reason why we are listening to this. And that's to praise our Lord and worship our Lord. Absolutely. And so the song is the heart of worship. And it says, when the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come longing just to bring something that is of worth. That is, that will bless your heart. I will bring you more than a song for a song itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way, things appear you're looking into my heart this is some of the lyrics um it's a great song um and it really i think i think when you're at church people and you're listening to the worship music just remember what what the reason is behind it and just take a moment and close your eyes and just worship God mm. and get in that presence with him and feel the Holy Spirit inside you build up and just be in the moment. Yeah. As I've told people, uh, I've actually had people do this in church a few times, you know, just imagine if Jesus were to walk in the door of your church, walk up the aisle or down or wherever you sit in the back, front, whatever. And if he were just to walk up and stand right in front of you, what would your response be? Right. You know, would you worship him different than you worship? him every week? Probably so. You should worship him that way every week because he is there. He is right there. Okay, good. Well, I'm not doing two. So (laughs) final thoughts. We'll wrap this up. Final thought for the week comes out of James chapter one this week, verses 22 through 25. And it simply says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror you see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. 
The fact is, is that uh, every time we go to church, every time we go to a Bible study, every time we hear a pastor on the radio, every time we read the Word of God, we're probably going to something, you know, God's going to speak to us about something. We're going to catch something new, a new glimpse of something. And God says, you know what? You can, you can know all kinds of stuff. You can know the Bible front and back. Demons know the Bible front and back, I'm certain. But it isn't going to do you a bit of good unless you act, unless you assimilate those truths. So get used to assimilating truths and doing it right away. You know, it's, we have this tendency to want to say, eh, you know, that's good information. Maybe if I hear it enough times, I might try it. You know, we, we definitely, it's like, he says, it's kind of like going in, getting up in the morning, looking at the mirror, seeing how goofy your hair looks and, you know, the slobber running down the side of your face that dried in the middle of the night and then just walking away and doing your thing all day, not realizing that you look like an idiot. (laughs) So he's saying, you know, let the word change you. Yeah. Do what it says, and you're going to be blessed. Awesome. Amen. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah. Think about those decisions you're making and just take a pause before you open your mouth or press the purchase now button or (laughs) whatever it is. Just pause for a moment and um, listen to God to lead you and everything. That's all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please subscribe if you haven't. Check out every episode and share with your friends. And with that, say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Nate. (laughs) Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, Rick. (laughs) Goodnight, Bob. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, Mary Ellen. (laughs) 